I am Deborah Abisola, and this is the podcast for the underdogs. My guests and I share our corporate journey as working class professionals, and along the way, we have some fun. Let's get into it, and welcome to Deborah's Corporate Heart Talk. Welcome to a new episode of Deborah's Corporate Heart Talk. How are you doing today? I hope you are well. Keep washing your hands. Keep being safe out there. Coronavirus is real. (laughs) So, on today's episode, I am talking to one of my networks from Nigeria, specifically Lagos. We're talking about entrepreneurship, talking about fundraising and really sharing ideas on, you know, the corporate world, right? But really, this episode is about what he has done towards giving support to everyday Nigerians, yeah, regarding the global pandemic that we all know as COVID-19. He has been fundraising for everyday Nigerians that may have found themselves in a very difficult place during this time. Please try to listen until the end. And most importantly, our call to action, the call to action is, please donate. We ask for any small donations that we can use to help some of these, some of our brothers and sisters in Africa. Thank you. Enjoy. Thank you so much, Deborah. It's so nice to be here. And um, I hope we'll have so much fun talking tonight. Yeah, definitely. So I guess we'll just start off um, just um, quickly. What I um, said um, is about keeping our minds sane during this time. So how has the lockdown been for you briefly before we get to know a little bit more about you? Like, how, how have you been coping? Yeah, well, I was going to say something about that, even if you had not asked me mm-hmm. about it. Uh, so the lockdown has been pretty in- interesting for me. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot more movies. I've done a lot more sleeping. And I've done a lot more eating of my different meals. Just lay on my back and do nothing but eat, <laughs> sleep and watch movies. You know, so yesterday I started watching The Godfather. Oh, uh, I think that's probably my sixth time of watching it, if I'm oh, not wrong. Oh, come on. Watch something else, then. Come on. Six nah. times. Nah. Oh, nah. You should, you should, You should watch it. You should, you should actually watch it. So I, I learned a few things, you know, watching it all over again. And it's been interesting. I'm on part two right now, 1974. And... It's been an interesting one. Okay, then I'm not just all spooky like that. I also did uh, Money Iced. I did season okay, one to four in about in about yeah on Netflix in about three days. You know, really? so it's been it's been fun. I just decided. So I, I I saw on social media when people say I saw a particular post saying that if you come out of this uh, COVID, I've not learned a new skill. You've not started a new business you know stuff like that what i'll say to the viewers i mean the listeners is uh, just do you 
just do you. you there's no competition out there how do you want to practice a new business how do you want to start a new business again i'm not saying don't think about it because some part of what i've been doing also is to think about some new businesses look at opportunities because the world as we know it is gone forever particularly in this part of the world mm. you know so a lot of things that you guys are brought take for granted are part of the things that are going to be the next face of opportunities for us here in nigeria so we can movies, take eating, sleeping. Yeah, we'll talk about that a bit later. What is what you think will be taken for granted? Mm -hmm. I want to know a bit more about that. But yeah, um, well, yeah, that's a really good point. Just to take it easy, because taking it easy could be a way of coping, right? So, oh, definitely. I, I'm really team take it easy. Okay, so let's just talk about you briefly. So I got to know of you through a TV show actually on um, online, and um, you're the founder of a company called Flare Resources, and you went on a TV show and you were talking about um, the work that you do, which is providing sanitary towels for women. Do you mind just telling us yes, a little please. bit more about yourself and of, of course about that project as well? Okay, so my name is Oluwashon, as it's already been mentioned. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I do, so when people ask me what do you do, I basically just answer by saying I'm a salesman. So I've been in sales for the best part of my life and I do enjoy sales, you know. So uh, I've got my hands in different things. I run a renewable energy business in Lagos. Mm -hmm. I also have the business, which is the app, development business which we did the menstrual tracker app and then the sanitary kit delivery business mm -hmm. i also run a workspace business in lagos also and um, it's been interesting putting all those things together like you said i went on tv to discuss that was when we just launched the app last year yeah. and uh, we're trying to get some publicity so again relationships i got to appear on that tv show through a friend who introduced me to another friend and then i found myself in the tv show you know talking about the app and it was quite impactful i met a couple of people like yourself and some other people also online and it gave us a lot of traction in getting more people to download our app where about a thousand downloads already now so we're still mm -hmm. hoping we'll get more downloads after this yeah yeah, um, and I for me, what just maybe as a feedback or just I don't know, sort of feedback, but just 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 for you really is um, when I saw the show and I, and I saw you, I thought this is a man that I could say he's really <laughs> for her. No, you don't have many men that champion women issues. Like for <laughs> me, that was like what, and especially when you're from this part of the world, you just think of Africa, whatever. Not in a mean way, but you just think okay. I'm like, wow, because normally, just growing up, even me growing up with my father, my uncles, you know, sometimes some men, they don't respect women, let alone understand their issues, right? So, yeah. for you to come on the show, and you're talking about this project, which, by the way, guys, the project, like I said, they give and pro provide sanitary towels for girls and women in Nigeria or Africa as a whole, I don't know yet, but... It was just so touching to me. And I remember just getting a pen and paper, just writing your name down, going on LinkedIn, and I need to connect with someone like this. Because when you have campaigns, you know, the UN, they always do campaign the, you know, um, 
um, E for she, you know, the conversation about women has men involved. You are the embodiment of that. Sorry. Yeah, th th thank you so much for that. <laughs> I get to answer questions like that a lot. You know, people say, so why did you decide to do stuff that has to do with women and, you know, talking about female empowerment? and all that and one thing i'll say about that is this um women are the most i dare say if you have to compare men and women i, I think they're the most influential of both genders and the only sad part for me as a person is that i'm not sure women truly understand the power they have mm. and if they understand the power that they truly have a lot of the issues we have going on in the world won't be happening and that's simply because what women have if you check it out men have what we call brute force mm. so your average man is stronger and all that but when you check out women they've got influence they are able to stay at the back of the stage more like the puppet masters if i could say that you know and it's one of the things that particularly fascinates me about women and also is quite intriguing because you know, if women are able to leverage more on that influence, there will be a whole lot more traction than what you find out, you know, a lot of domestic violence issues and all that. And I feel that it's for women to understand their position. And once they understand their position, they'll be able to do a whole lot more. So how did I get into female stuff? I, growing up, I had a lot of female friends, even up till now. I have, I think I have more female friends than male. And I'm hold just on, more comfortable. On how does your wife feel about that? <laughs> well, well, my wife knows that I've got more female friends. And I think over time we've been married since 2009. So this year by December, it will be 11 years. And um, I'm sure by now she understands the kind of man she's married to. Yes, I have a lot of female friends around me, but my commitment and dedication to her is second to none, and yeah. there's no wavering in that department. So, yeah, I just try my possible best to do what I can, as much as I can for people and women in particular, actually, because I believe strongly that if we help women, we are helping more than just a person, we're helping a family, we're helping a generation. Also because growing up, my mother played a very, very important role in our lives, you know. She was basically there for all of us, you know, had to make things work. Mm -hmm. Even though my dad did his own part, you know, but there's a way a woman cannot just sit down and watch things go wrong. Yeah. Men can, can be desensitized to issues like that, but women, they will go all out to make things work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I do a lot of, I just, like I said, I'm more comfortable being around women. So <laughs> let's just leave it at that. But I got into that, like I said, I had a lot of females around me. And one thing I do is I get to ask a lot of questions. I talk a lot with people generally. So in asking about women, trying to understand, I saw then that, you know, there was no particular menstrual tracker app that was, you know, created by Africans for Africans. It was basically mm -hmm. created abroad. You know, you find Chinese, Hong Kong, American, and all that. Some of the things that they also will be talking about in terms of remedies are not local remedies. So they tell you to go get celery, and you're wondering, what's celery? You know, you're wondering, is you need to have localized knowledge. So <clears throat> we decided to do something that was Nigerian for Nigerians, mm. and it's it's been good. It's been awesome. Mm. Okay, that's good. Um,
that I, I I have a question that I want to ask you actually, but I think I'll I'll leave that um for to towards the end. But one of the key things that you that we've been exploring since we've been speaking on on here and offline is that you've done a lot through um leveraging the people around you to get to where oh, yeah. you need to be. And um, so I have a couple of questions there, but one question I want to quickly ask is um, when I've spoken to a couple of um, uh, networks like yourselves from Nigeria and so on, I always get the sense of people having multiple things that they do. So even right now, you've told me about four different things that you do. How do you get the time and the capacity to do all these things. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so here's what I do. When I started, so the first business I started was the renewable energy business. Mm. And one of the things that I learned, so my very first job was uh, with uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers. That was my first job. Mm. And I learned something important while working at PricewaterhouseCoopers. It was the fact that you have to create systems. And once you create systems, you can trust and expect those systems to work for you whether or not you're there. So there's something I tell people, if you walk into a guarantee trust bank, which is the bank, one of the banks I use in Nigeria, every time you walk into a bank, you are not meeting the MD of that bank. You are not even meeting the branch manager of that bank. Mm -hmm. But you go into the bank, you do your transactions and you go out. Now, the bank makes money from you for that transaction you have done. So there's no interaction directly with the management. So what I do most times, especially when I'm creating or starting any business, is to look at how I can create the business and make sure that I'm not directly involved. And when I say directly involved, I mean I'm not doing the day-to-day -day running around. One of the tests that I use or that I tell folks around me is, can you go on vacation for a month in whichever business, in whatever venture you're doing. So what that means is that the minute I set up a business, I create a system around it. Once I create a system around it, it basically goes on autopilot. So basically what I need to do is to check out for results, check out for reports, and you know look at things on a, in some cases, weekly reports, in some cases. So you find me sometimes being in business A on Monday, business B on Tuesday, business yeah. C on Wednesday, you know, just basically going around. I don't have to be physically there. So I have the people who are running the businesses, irrespective yeah. of whether I'm there or not. So that's how I'm able to, do a yeah. lot of that uh, yeah yeah that that's that's good but at the same time do you find that with the economy do you feel like the economy or the culture of living in nigeria does that allow you to just always have several projects on the go so this the the the, the major challenge that i would say exists in nigeria is the culture the work ethic mm. so it's it's a little bit difficult in the sense that it requires most times micromanaging and you also have to be breathing down people's necks to make sure that they do what is expected of them. But here's what I've realized over time. The minute you bring people into a particular system, so I don't start a business today and leave the business today. So when I start a particular venture, I'm there to try to create the right culture. 
So once I've created the culture, everybody, for example, in my renewable energy business, there was a time my staff used to say things like, why do we have to close so late? And I tell them, if you check out how you guys work, we resume in the office by eight in the morning and they don't really start doing effective work until like 10, 11, then they close late, meaning they close sometimes by seven. So I'm like, if you had started working as early as possible, then you would be able to close early. So the culture, the the work ethic of people over there, over here in Nigeria makes it a little bit difficult. But one thing I'll say is this, once they understand the kind of person you are, so my staff understand now that you can't tell me you're going home when there's a deliverable. So it does not matter. We work based on deliverable. So once you deliver on a particular task, you're free to go at two in the afternoon as long as you've delivered. But you can't tell me you're leaving when you've not done what you're supposed to do. I'm not going to take that from you. Mm-hmm. So that also helps, you know, create a culture from the onset, let people understand. Again, is 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 what the leader measures, is what the leader tolerates. So he, when people see that, yeah, not one to appreciate putting in proper work. So we're not just looking at the number of hours, is what I'm trying to say. Again, you know that in Nigeria, we we get paid by the month we don't get paid by the hour so it's not the number of hours you put into any particular job but so your, your monthly rate is not your hourly rate no so we don't get paid hourly in nigeria really you get it fixed yeah it's not hourly it it's must the be fixed rate. really yeah you've never heard that before <laughs> so even when you worked with pwc did they pay you on the hourly rate or that was different no, when I worked at PwC, they didn't pay us at hourly rate. You were paid monthly, but they do charge clients per hour. So yes, you do charge your clients per hour, but you are paid on a monthly basis. In I, Nigeria is maybe, maybe I, I don't know. We need to research into that because I just because even me, I get paid on a monthly basis, but that monthly basis is from an hourly rate. So no, 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 no. Isn't there's no hourly rates in Nigeria? So wow. if you want a job in Nigeria, you're probably going to get, for example, one million naira per month. So that one million naira per month, you just make sure you deliver on your set. So there are also some people who get paid on a commission basis. Okay. So if you're working on a commission basis, it's based on what you sell. But generally speaking, in Nigeria, you're paid on a monthly basis. You're not paid mm-hmm. hourly. So wow. nobody's watching. And I think maybe that's something that should change in nigeria but i'm not because like liberal. yeah because i like hear you get paid on the, like everything is an hour like even when i i once started my own consultancy business where i was helping charities with their database and stuff and my charge was about 200 pounds a day and that was an, an hourly rate of like 20 pounds or so yeah for eight hours and if i did mm-hmm. more than that i would be pissed <laughs> Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. You know, I could say, okay, 10 hours, you know, but whatever. If I did more than what I budgeted for, that 20 pounds would be paining me, like, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 30, 30 minutes, yeah, 10 pounds. It's because that's the, that's the culture, that's the way it's been structured. So, yes, you, get, you may get paid monthly, at the end of a month but you're paid based on the number of hours you work 
so you're being monitored for every single hour so you are more accountable for each hour so even if you're spending one hour having a chit chat with somebody even if it's a one hour lunch break and you decide to go to lunch with a client you know that is one hour that you probably build that client because it's that client that took you out that's something new every day okay well mm -hmm. so anyway with all the type of businesses that you do and so on then i'm sure you have a big collections of network and you meet different types of people so on this podcast i like to just talk about the importance of networking i feel like i yeah. i'm nowhere near i'm not there yet with my networking but i'm getting there you know i have people that i can call on to and people call on to me as well because one of the key things that i say that, that I, I always say is that networking is not just about you it's not about what you want from the other person it's also about what can you get you know so i would never want to collaborate with somebody not knowing that I've given to them as well you know it's an exchange you know kind of like you scratch my back I scratch yours <laughs> so um what, what are your thoughts on them networking and, and networking helps any of your ventures okay so if you remember when you were asking me about getting on the tv show yeah I told you it was a friend of a friend so let me just tell you a little bit of the story uh I needed to get on the show coincidentally a former staff i actually asked him to leave so it's not like he resigned i asked him to leave he was working at the tv station i reached out to him oh i'd like to come on this tv show in your tv station he said okay we'll talk to someone talk to the person we were waiting the person couldn't make the show happen then i remembered one of my clients you know at the renewable energy business that the person had actually appeared on that show before so I just chatted him that morning. I said, sir, I would like to go on this show. He said, oh, I'm traveling. I'm on my way to the airport. He said, but call, send me the number of the presenter. Talk to this person. Talk to her. Tell her that you're from me. I said, in fact, this is tell her that you're from me. I asked him. I said, can I say I'm from you? He never responded because I guess he was already in the plane, you know, and he was going to the UK from Nigeria. I guess what I chatted the lady, I told her I was from this person i told her what i wanted to do what i had been waiting for maybe like three months to happen because it, it happened in less than a week wow from just a relationship now what i'll tell you about networking relationship is that a lot of people feel uh you, they don't realize that you have to be deliberate about some of these things so as a rule one of the things i do is anybody that i meet anybody that calls me i'll save your number now, the reason why I do that is if I've saved your number today, if you didn't save mine, the next time you call me and I say, hello, Deborah, you're like, okay, you have my number. And I'm like, yes, I have your number. <laughs> it's always a good way to start a conversation. Yeah. So most times they're like, oh, you have my number. I'll be like, yes, I have your number. In fact, there's a way I save numbers on my phone. I say, I have your number. Yeah, this, this, this. So if I meet you through a friend, I probably have saved your number with the name of that friend. So I'll say, yeah, we met through so, so, so person. So you're like, oh, really? And that helps me to maintain a wild, very wide network of people. So every single WhatsApp group I'm in, there's also a way I save people in there. And, you know, I'm always very vocal in a lot of places where I go. But here's what I learned about networking and about relationships. Most times when I'm starting any relationships, I'm, I'm not starting with the idea of what can I get. Yeah. I try as much as possible for it to be about what can I give. 
that's not for one. Number two, I realized that a lot of the relationships that make sense for us the most are the relationships we've forged over the years. So part of my best relationships are from guys that we've known from the university days. So from the university days, and you know, when you're in the university, you are so real with each other because you're all students. You're all probably depending on parents or family member or maybe a job that is helping you stay in school. So there are no, forgive my language, no BS between you guys. Everything is 100% real. So those relationships are part of the relationships that I've, kept you know for so long and the beautiful part of it is this those relationships to also board into other relationships so most of us have all gone our separate ways some are in the uk some are in the us some are in nigeria so if i need to get something done in the uk i can call the one in the uk now one of the things that i've also learned about networking and relationship i learned this from one of my bosses he would say keep your network warm now, when it says keep your network warm, you're wondering what's it talking about. So yeah. Sometimes you may not really have anything to say to people. You can just send a... So I, I realized that sometimes when I maybe send a scripture, you know, go through the Bible, see a particular scripture that resonates with me, mm-hmm. and I send the message, you know, with just something very short. You know, the attention span of people these days is very, very low. You know, just send something very short. The minute you send that, maybe a prayer early in the morning, or oh, it's going to be such an awesome day, this, 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 people would respond and say, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So I, I do that a lot, you know, yeah. and it's one of the things that has helped me. Anything I want to do, I, I again, I also use WhatsApp status updates a lot right now. It's a very powerful tool. So I just go to my WhatsApp status. I just post something there. And typically, I get about 400 views on my WhatsApp status. So I just post something. Yeah, I get yeah, I, I get about 400 views. Wow. In, within 24 hours. The maximum I think I've ever gotten is 500 on a particular post that I made on WhatsApp. Wow. I get about, yeah, I did a post today at 9.40 a.m. And I have 344 views currently. So I get a lot of views, so I, I can push messages out there. Somebody will see it, would not respond. But, you know, it's a way then, after I see the views, then I go back, then I see the people who are there. Some I've not spoken to in a long time. So I'll just reach out to them. How are you doing? How are you enjoying yeah. this COVID period? You know, once you do that, every single time, people just feel a connection to you. Yeah. And once they feel that connection to you, the day you want to make a demand, you know, they are much more open to, you know, helping. Now, there's there's a rule I have about every single relationship. I will always ask you if I need help. But I would not get angry if you do not answer positively to my request for help. Well, yeah. Well, not that, not that it's not even positive. It's just not favorable to you. You know, because if you no 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 no, it does not matter. So it doesn't. So if you tell me, if I tell you that, can you help me do stuff? And you say no, I can't do it. You know, some will get angry and feel oh, and I've done stuff for him. Do you get? But in my mind, I don't do that. I just, I just. So if you ask me to do stuff for you, if it's not convenient, I would not do it. Sometimes I do go out of my way, but I'm just saying that I don't get angry over someone not doing stuff for me because you don't understand that person's position. So it helps me to balance out my request. 
Yeah. And because you say no today does not mean I'll not ask you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think, <laughs> so, yeah, and I think to add to that as well, I've actually got an episode on network and I'll send you the link after. But um, I think to add to that as well is that if you really value your network and you value the relationship, you won't get angry because that's just one thing. Yes, definitely. But if you genuinely just see them as, let's just say, I meet Dangote's daughter now, and then I'm like thinking she's my friend or something. I'm, she, I happen to have her number and I message her and I ask her for it. She says, no, of course I'll be angry because I don't have any relationship with her. Like, like mm-hmm. I don't have anything to do with her. That's not a genuine relationship. Do you know what I mean? So when you have network with people that mm-hmm. is actually genuine, you won't be angry. If anything, you want to turn around and say, oh my God, is everything okay? Are you, you know, work a, bit, a lot at the moment? Take it easy. Yeah, like you have to care about the people. Mm-hmm. You, you network with so yeah oh yeah definitely i think you you hit the nail there um it's hard it's hard but and i think it's hard, it's easier if you are a people's person like someone like me i know that i am sometimes sometimes i'm like oh my god are you being fake like why do you care how this person is doing so i'm actually interested oh my god like the way i'm speaking to you now in a couple of months or weeks i can be like Oh, how's that project that you told me about? How's it going? Like, could be I'm nosy, mm-hmm. but I'm actually genuinely like interested. How, how did you um, go with it? So I really want to reach out. So it's easier for someone like me because I genuinely want to know what's up. But for other people mm-hmm. that it's not doesn't come natural to, they really need to take this idea of keep your network warm. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but oh yeah, I I I agree. Again, it also depends on personalities. So. One of the things I can tell you for free is I find it very easy to make friends. Very, very easy to make friends. And um, I'm able to also maintain relationships. So off the top of my head, get 500 people right now. Mm. I 500 immediately. So in recent time, I'm not sure if you got the message when I was talking about... uh, the platform to help people during this COVID, raising yeah, funds and all that. I just did a broadcast. Yeah, I, I just did a broadcast to over 2,000 people. Over 2,000. I just did a, I have different broadcast lists, yeah. different categories and all that. Yeah. So I just did a broadcast to over 2,000 people and yeah, it works. It works. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that now, actually. But actually, before then, I wanted to quickly ask you a question again. Um, and this is just, imagine somebody listens to this podcast and they want to um, maybe work in Nigeria and, you know, they don't know where to begin or how to start. You said something that when you messaged the guy to get into the TV show, you said, sir. Yeah? Sorry, I didn't get that. You refer to the, to the, to the man that helped you get on the TV show. You refer okay. to him as a sir. Mm-hmm. So, with the culture, like just let's talk a little bit about just the culture of working in Nigeria, right? Because all like me, a while back, my dad, okay. you need to do NYC, you need to do this, you need to do that. I was like, oh my god, that I don't want to do NYC, but he was so adamant. You need to do this. I said okay, and I went to Nigeria and just trying to put everything together stressed me out so much. I just said I don't want to do it anymore. Because he was like, you need to go to this office, you need to go away and talk to this person, wait there till 10 p.m. Like everything was just so, I don't want to say disorganized, but it was just, it just didn't feel straightforward. So 
do you refer to like people that you work with or maybe older to then you do refer to them as sir a lot <laughs> okay so 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 generally speaking i i use a lot of sir and i use a lot of ma and ma'am when i'm talking to people it's uh it's a habit that i've developed over time so sometimes even when i'm talking to my staff i refer to them as sir i have to sometimes come back and say hey, it reports to me you know uh, it's just a conscious decision i've made now in nigeria everybody is all about respect mm-hmm. you get a lot more done if you refer to people even in organizations that are on first name basis you don't want to see your md and still call him chooks you know and talk to him again a cultural issue in nigeria whether you like it or not people love their respect mm. they love their respect so you get a lot more done if you refer to people with sir as much as possible that's what i've realized even though i have again if i'm talking to my clients as my client you're my boss so i always refer to you as sir I get that a lot. Don't call me, sir. I'll be like, okay, since you say don't call me, sir, I'll say no problem, mm-hmm. sir. And then they'll be like, just call me, sir. <laughs> but the truth is that if you want to get stuff, <laughs> if you want to get stuff done in Nigeria, my, my best advice is if you have any existing relationships in Nigeria, leverage on that. Yeah. And the reason why I said leverage on that is it will save you a whole lot of heartache and stress in the long run. So yeah, people, but, yeah. I, I agree with that, but I also feel like sometimes Nigeria is just a sketchy. Like people might not even have as much power as they say that they have. I've seen that happen. Oh, I can I, I, I can tell you categorically that a lot of times people don't have the kind of power they make you believe they do have. Now, why I say you should leverage on relationships is because depending on the relationships now there are a lot of nigerians who come to the uk to school and then they go back home to nigeria so so you can leverage on relationships like that again remember what i said the relationships those that you knew while you were in college in university they are a lot more real with you because you guys have known each other when there was really nothing to hide unlike Mm -hmm. now now if you if you you should I'm, i'm not saying don't do your own independent check but they can shorten the curve for you, the learning curve of what you have to achieve. So if you call me today now, you tell me, oh, there's this deal I want to do in Nigeria. What do you think? I'll ask you a couple of questions. I'll give you my honest feedback. Yeah. Do you get? Once I give you my honest feedback, the final decision of how to go about it lies with you. Yeah. So I can give you my honest feedback. You still tell me you're not comfortable with it. And I'll tell you, okay, no problem. Go ahead. So let me tell you an interesting story. There's a lady that has some issues with INYSE and she reached out to me. I said, okay, you know what? Let me reach out to some people. She chatted me today. I was saying, do you know somebody in NYSE? I said, I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. <laughs> and I can, uh, that, that's just life do you get that's yeah. just life you yeah. you are i think they say you are four four people away from whoever it is you want to meet yeah yeah four yeah. people we'll away you get yeah uh so you just i just put it out there and guess what what she wants to do i've already i've established relationships in nyc from three different sources right now three wow. different sources well, maybe you could help I call me. this one i call <laughs> this one yeah. With what? NYSE. 
No, I'm just checking. I'm just checking. I don't need NYSE. I'm fine. No, if you want, to, if you want to do NYSE, it's easy. If if you have so, just to give you some information, uh, the company where I used to work before I started my business, I had a couple of people who schooled abroad, who are Nigerians but also British citizens, and they came to Nigeria. They needed to get a job. They did the NYSE, and NYSE is pretty simple. If you school abroad, there's either of two places they will post you: Lagos or Abuja if you're doing nyse if you're schooled abroad yeah. so if you come in if you let if they know you have a foreign degree you'll be posted to either lagos or Abuja. that makes your life a little bit easier and nyse is a total of 10 months you spend four weeks in camp after yeah, spending four I, weeks I, in camp, I, I, I heard about that yeah but i, I yeah so it's pretty months. it's pretty easy 10 months is a lot not to like I don't know. is you you, you, you know 10 months is actually not a lot <laughs> <laughs> a whole baby could be born within 10 months. <laughs> yeah, but my point is, my point is, so if you want to do your NYC, so for all those people I mentioned, they were actually working in the company at the time. Oh, wow. You get, they were working in the company at the time, so they got jobs at the time in the company, they did what they wanted to do. Now it's all over, and I'm talking almost 10 years ago. In fact, more than 10 years ago. Wow. Okay. Well, we moved off a bit there, but yeah, that's interesting. So anybody that you know is listening to this and you want to do your NYSE, don't worry, I've got a little network that can help you with that. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about your most recent project, um, which is um you've done a project. Reach out. Reach out, sorry, yeah. Reach out and you were just talking about it briefly where you how did it start? Were, were people messaging you to ask you for aid? Or did you just thought, let me create a platform to give people aid? Okay, so, you know, there's been a lockdown in Lagos, Nigeria for about five weeks now. Yeah. And um, within that period, I've received requests from different people, different people in my area, some of my staff, you know, after having paid salaries and all that, uh, there's been a lot of requests. And so what people fail to realize is that you also are grappling with your cash flow needs. Yeah. And I checked my accounts and I did not have money to help people any further. So I thought to myself, that was, you know, I sent a broadcast about this. It was on a Monday morning. I thought to myself, how can I, how can I help people, you know? Again, I also realized from the news when they were talking about government giving aid and they were saying they've given aid to some people, they've not given aid to some people, people don't have bank accounts. And in my mind, I was like, no, this shouldn't be an issue. So I just thought, what if I create a platform? Basically, you know, bringing those who need help to meet those who want to give help. Again, I also realized that some people want to actually give, but they don't really know how to go about giving. You know, they don't even know where to start from. And I realized that what if I'm able to link? Actually, the idea that came into my head was going to be more expensive. It was supposed to use a Google, uh, you know, Google Maps API for people to be able to actually specify their exact location. But like then that meant that I needed to. Sorry, come again. Like an Uber, like a geo Uber service type. Yes. So I, I I looked at it and I felt okay. No, that would be. It's not going to be something you can easily put together. So I just thought, let's just capture the data. 
your name, your number, your email address, your address, your local government, and all that. And let's create a platform. If you need help, go to the platform, go and request for help. If you want to give help, you don't have, again, I didn't want to be the one handling the logistics and the coordination of getting the actual cash. So yeah. just go to the platform. You see people's yeah. names there. You yeah. see their phone numbers. You see their bank details. If you are led and you feel like giving, then just go ahead and give to them. You know. Mm -hmm. So that's the thought. So I reached out to, again, relationships. I reached out to a developer we've worked together in the past, and I told him about the idea. And he said, oh, I can get this done in 24 hours. Wow. I felt he was joking. In 24 hours, the website was up. If I told me, say, okay, go and look for a name, look for a domain name and all that, and get paid and all that, pay for the domain. So I reached out again to my network. Wow. I said, guys, I need a name and I need money. So one of my guys gave me the money to pay for the domain name registration and the hosting. Another guy, I first came up with a name. Then that one said, said no, that, that one is not that is not filling the name. He then came up with this reachout.com.ng. And then we checked it was available and the rest is history. So since I did that, next thing is how do you get the information out? How do you get people to give help? So I just, again, went to my WhatsApp famous broadcast list. I just sent out broadcast to about 2,000 people again. After I sent out broadcast again, the next thing, I got some of my friends who knew me personally saying, okay, you know what, Sean, we trust you. It was a guy that called me from Canada. He said, Sean, how are you doing? I said, yeah, I'm doing great. He said, okay, you know what? I want to send you money for this stuff you sent. I said, okay, no problem. I gave him my bank details and he sent me 100,000 naira. I was shocked. It was the highest we had gotten at the time. Then everybody, people started going to the website to donate themselves. You know, so I also got some of my friends who reached out again to me to say, okay, you know what? So all in all, we've been able to raise over a million naira, you know, on the websites for different people. And the testimonies are there. You can actually see some of the numbers. You can call them. Again, part of the issues we were having is people were asking questions around, how are you sure this is authentic? Yeah, I and my question, yeah, so I, I got a lot of that as well. That, are you sure it's authentic? Are you sure they are not going to come back? And actually, will... to cut you quickly, my husband was yes. actually saying to me that you don't trust, I, I don't trust Nigerians, you know, everyone's just going on their saying they need and they probably don't need. It. I said, well, it doesn't matter, we've done our we've done our bit. You know, if you're taking bread away from somebody that could really get it, then we'll leave you to God, but at least we've done something as people. So yeah, there's a lot of um, um, skepticism to the giving to, I don't know, to, I don't know, developing countries and stuff. And that, I think- And, and truth be told, they are correct. They are actually correct. But here's what I did. I just told myself, some of the people reaching out to me, what would make a difference in their life is 2,000 naira. 2,000 naira is about four pounds because pounds is about 500 naira today. So 2,000 naira is about four pounds. So my thought is, if I give you 2,000 naira, irrespective of whether your story is genuine or not. It's a coffee. I think it, you get. So in my mind, I just felt, okay, you know what? Anybody, I'll give you 2,000 naira. If I read the story, if I'm touched. I mean, if I share some of those stories with you, you'll be in shock. I remember, I, I, I looked at some of them. Yeah, so it's, it's for me, I just felt 
let's do 2,000 Naira for each person. If you do 2,000 and the person is lying, it's between that person and God. But guess what? A lot of the feedback I've gotten from people who have received money there is around, God bless you, it came at the right time. We didn't have anything to eat, you know. And we had requests from as far as Anabra, Benue, Cross River. We've got a request from more than 20 to 28 states yeah. in Nigeria. It's, 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 it's been interesting. Uh, again, so post-COVID, we're also thinking about that. Definitely. And we're going to the way the platform operates after COVID. Because what we want to do is basically create a platform where independent of us, people can get help. So we've reached out. Again, we had issues from people who wanted to donate from the UK and from you know international uh, different countries who wanted to donate. Yeah, I know, I know. So I got in touch with, again, another relationship. A friend told me about a website called Paylink, which is where she works. So basically, you go to the website, you put in your name, your email address, and your bank details there. Then they create a unique link for you. So all you have to do is put the link on any website and you can get paid without showing your bank details. Yeah. And you can also pay with different cards, debit and credit cards as well. So the minute she showed me that, I said, okay, this is what we're going to do going forward. So what we've also tried to do is going forward, we're also going to, you know, I, I won't be doing this again. If you remember, there are so many different things I'm doing. Do you get so yeah, you're I don't want to add this to that plate, which you're is gonna why put, you're gonna put system. I want to put a system in place. Exactly. And so once I, I put a system in place, I move on. <laughs> and this is a social, sometimes as well, and just get into this a bit more, sometimes as well, yeah, this is a social enterprise, really. This is not a money-making. Yeah, it, it, it isn't. At the end of the day, this is a charity, really. And if you do put the system mm. in place, you could be on the board or you could be on the consultancy and help out. But it's not really, for, it's, gonna, it's not going to make you rich tomorrow, Sean. I'm sorry. Okay, don't get too excited. Mm. <laughs> it's not, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just joking. Like, you know, so of course, definitely the fact that you always put systems in place is going to help. But the question I, I also want to address in this when we're talking about this outreach, um, this reach out platform is that. Are there many things like this happening in Nigeria? Sorry, come again. Are there many like organizations doing this type of um, outreach? Oh, yeah. So, so after I had started this, I reached out to a lady who works with, uh, who basically does non-profits and all that. You know, she basically helps them to set up and the likes. And it was also another relationship that, you know, somebody I chatted with said, okay, you know what, we'll talk to this lady, she'll be able to help you. And in talking to her, I realized that we could actually do a whole lot more. Then she showed me another website. Uh, I think the website is We Are Together. Those ones actually collect, a, is a crowdfunding uh, platform. So they also started it this same COVID period. And they are a fintech. It's been run by one of the most popular names in the Nigerian tech industry. So they have more resources. They have raised a whole lot more money than we have, you know. Yeah. And the way they do theirs is they do it in, in batches of 10,000 naira. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they are able to, you can't donate less than 10,000 and they don't give out less than 10,000. We are doing 2,000. So our threshold is smaller, you know. But they also did something similar and they have said that they are only going to run it for three months. Yeah. Also, like, you know, when I started. When I also started, I didn't know it was was going to become this big to the point that we would have disbursed more than a million there in about a week. Yeah. I was in shock. I really, really was in shock, you know. So um, it's been it's been interesting, you know, to say yeah. the least. And we hope that more people would do this, particularly to be able to verify, because I can tell you for free. Government um, resources. Now, I'm not saying it's all rosy because some of the things that they've put together, some of you can't get it until June, apparently, because they need to put mm-hmm. applications, the processing together. But there are support, you know. I don't see many families going without food. Or maybe, like, I could be turned deaf to it, but even though there are charities that can come and give you stuff, but when we're talking about average people, like people that have good jobs, people that work, people that they are not not destitute, right? They can get food, they can eat, but it just feels like in Nigeria, because I was with a friend today, he was saying, look, Nigeria, we make money every day. So this staying at home thing doesn't work. We make money every day. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I go out and when I leave the house, I'm hoping I'm coming home with money. You know, so how? Yeah, that's the way it is. And in the in the UK here, like the, you know, even businesses, like someone like you, you have your own business. You know, there are grants, there are things in place for you that could help you during this tough time. You know, there's a lot of support and. Even there are certain laws, there are certain things that have been put in place that, you know, like your landlord cannot just say, oh, let's just go for a bit, you know, you, you have a landlord, you have a job and, you know, you lost your job or so and you can't work. Your landlord cannot just say, okay, that's it, go. In fact, you're actually not allowed to do that at the moment because the government, they put certain policies in place. So what I'm asking you is that, are you just saying to me, like, Nigerians have just been looked after by their brothers and sisters. There's nothing the government is putting in place for this, 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 you know, dire situation. So, um, maybe after this call, I'll send you a picture of what Lagos state government sent to. So for just to give you, uh, what analogy can I use that would make sense for a UK person? So I say in every state in Nigeria, there are local governments. Now, in every local government, there are what we call CDAs, Community Development Associations. So a particular estate can register as CDA, a particular area can register as a CDA, basically under a particular local government. So I have, where I stay, there's a CDA. And so Lagos State Government, when they were going to share COVID relief materials, they shared those relief materials to CDAs. Now, what they sent to our CDA, they've sent it once. The lockdown has been on for uh, five to six weeks now. Mm. The, 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 what they sent to my CDA, my CDA has about 600 households in, in it. What they sent is not enough to field two, two households for a week. And that's what they sent to the old CDA. Why why even be sending food as if we're in some camp? Like <laughs> that sounds a bit 
you know, like when I see the things on social media, like why are you giving out food like this? Can you not trust me? I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Can you? So I'm sure you've seen it on social media. Can you not send checks into like? Can you not do mobile money like even in Kenya? There's this thing that they've called. It's called M-Pesa. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like mobile money. We have, we, we have, yes, we have mobile money in Nigeria. We've got Pagatech. Pagatech is a tech startup that does mobile payments. Oh. There's Paga, there's even OP. There, there, all those things exist. They can why, send you money why? via your mobile phones. Why you say, like, every time I, I'm not saying that people, especially good people, actually, all of them just annoy me, really. <laughs> Sorry that I'm turning this. As, like, why you <laughs> what? people, So the truth of the matter is, if you if you look at the environment, every environment is different. Uh, Nigeria's realities is completely different from what you have in the UK. So let me give you an example. Can you work and income and not pay taxes in the UK? Mm, not really. <laughs> is it remotely possible? Some people try to do that, but no, it's not. Uh, yeah. So the you really would go, you really would go to a very extreme length to be able to achieve that. Yeah. You get so, but you see in Nigeria, there's a lot of no data, and if anything, and I think that's also so recently. I don't know if you've been following Nigerian politics. There was a particular. Uh, governor that was to be sworn in and 24 hours before he was sworn in, I think, it, the election was cancelled. And the election was cancelled because they said his uh, deputy candidate, the candidate that was his deputy at the elections uh, used five different combinations of his names throughout his career. So, my name is Oluwashim Jacob Fadiora. I use Oluwashim Fadiora in primary. I use Uluwashim Jacob in secondary. I use Uluwashim Jacob Fadura in Juget. So our identity database, for example, that can happen in the UK. Once they're gone, once they give birth to you, you have a national number or something like that. In the US, you have your social security number. Is your number till you die? You know, so there's no proper identification of people. You can't even confirm who's working, how much they're earning. And that's the reason why a lot of people will tell you they'll have sudden wealth and you can't trace their wealth. Mm. You just say, I did business. And when I did business, I made it. How did you make it? What business did you do? And stuff like that. You know? So until we start asking ourselves such serious questions, we're not yeah. going to be able to solve it. Now on the part of government, again, it's not news when everybody keeps talking about corruption. But you see, I can tell you that sometimes the corruption is not coming from way up there. It trickles, well, it starts from the top and trickles down. Yeah, it starts from the top, it trickles down. So there's this, I saw this on social media one day. The person said the number of people waiting to steal in Nigeria is more than those who have stolen. (laughs) 
And that was a very scary statement because if you look at a lot of people who want to go into government, that's why to an extent, I'm glad that there's a problem with the revenue in the country as regards crude oil prices and all that. It would help us think creatively now. We have to start solving our problems with local knowledge. We can't rely on the world to give us handouts anymore. It's, it's gone past that. We have to start, again, which is why I also started that platform. Let's start helping each other. Yeah. Let us start helping so each other. We, we have no choice. We have to be our brother's keepers. Yeah, definitely. So let's quickly just tell the people about Reach Out one more time. How can they, you know, how can they get into it? Um, the website and um, how much more people, how many people do um, uh, have been requested for help right now like from the last time you checked? Uh, so... <clears throat> Last time I checked, there about 1,000, approximately 1,700 people who have requested for it. Okay, I just checked the website now. 2,011 people. 2,011 guys. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so we need a lot of people to come to the platform to help, and we've been able to help. We've been able to give help to about 500 people about 1.6 million from the figures i'm seeing here yeah. to about 500 people so yeah we so, need a lot more people to help yeah um we'll definitely push this definitely so you just go on um www.reachout.com.ng um yeah what i might do as well is um show you how because i did it and it was really easy it's really, really quick and um, for everyone listening in the diaspora, you can try your best to use um, different apps to pay. You can even use Cash Pay. You can use. You talked about PayLink just now. I don't know about PayLink. Um, no, PayLink is not up yet. But they can also use for those who are in the diaspora. You can use Azimo. Azimo, yeah. I use, yeah. I use Azimo, and I I I only use Azimo. It's it's made my life so much easier. Yeah, Azimo is. Azimo is instant. Yeah, and okay. So let's just wind down now. Um, and um, let's talk quickly um, about, you know, once all of this is over, Shell, like, what are you looking forward to doing? Like, <laughs> like not, 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 not your business, your business. We talked about all of that. I mean, fun, like, group. What are you looking forward to doing? Uh, so my life is relatively boring, oh. actually. <laughs> relatively boring. So I I just prefer to just sit down at home. Actually. Oh my god! After so this, the lockdown, you'll yeah. be sitting at home. No, no, no. So I'm not going to be sitting down at oh. home, of course, after the lockdown. I'm just saying normally. Oh. So it's not been such a trying time for me because, like I said, I like to sit down at home, but. Uh, what what do I look forward to doing immediately COVID is over? Um, first, there, there are two ideas that have been bubbling in my head. I was on a conversation with a friend of mine in the US, in Houston, actually. And uh, what we were discussing today, I, I wish I could just jump out tomorrow morning to start it. So oh, wow. the minute COVID is over, I'll probably jump out to wow. start it. And it's that something exciting. That's that's just a typical entrepreneurial mindset, you know. Like we, well, yeah, we, we have to make money now. <laughs> yeah, but 
excitement as well. You know, there's something beautiful yeah. about a new idea, and you want to tell everybody about it, and you want to start executing it. So I didn't fault you for that one, but I thought you were going to say something like go to a party because me, what I'm looking forward to doing is going to a bar. You know, like like in like here, for instance, when you know I have this thing that I do, it's called let's mingle. And every month, I invite mm-hmm. my friends. All of us will come together. We'll find a nice bar. We might do bowling. I'm just, I just miss the bar and kind of like, kind of feeling music and noise around me. And- yeah. So, 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 so now that you say that, a cousin of mine was supposed to get married, uh, April, uh, March twenty eighth, I think. And he had to be moved because of COVID. So I'm actually looking forward to that Owambe. You know, Nigerians yeah. like Owambe now. Uh, so I'm actually looking forward to that particular Owambe as well, you know, so that we can oh. have fun, let your hair down, and just make some noise. Hey, we beat Corona. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Owambe is like, like a slang word for party in like Nigerian communities mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, I'm not like an Owambe kind, kind of person, but. Um, I when I look at Nigeria, just for that like Nigeria, they were just partying every weekend. So I can't wait to Yeah. Oh day. yeah. We've missed we've missed that noise. Oh one bed party, 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 clubbing. Like I said, I'm not the clubbing type. I'd rather just sit down indoors, have a cold drink and just relax yeah. after I had this walk, you know. Yeah. Again, uh, I, I, I I sleep early, so maybe that explains it. So my I'm a morning person, so my day typically starts by 3, 4 a.m. And uh, by 9 p.m. I'm on my bed, I'm off. Well, I need and then help I start again by 3 a.m. the next day. I need help to start my day. I'm going to message you separately. But okay, so I have one more question for you. But before that, I want to um, also ask you, well, technically I've got two questions. But one question is to go back to... Um, flare resources quickly and you know i know you said you know it's, it's, a, it's, it's for women it's for um but one of the things that i wanted to ask you about is that you are very concerned about women issues right what do you think mm-hmm. you can do right to encourage fellow men do, to be like not to not to be like you because you're unique in your own way right what i mean is that what do you really champion like with your guys? Do you and maybe for instance you might have a guy that's not sensitive to women's, you know, menstrual time or menstrual needs or that type of stuff, and he's just oh, you know how when you watch Nollywood the way men can be just like but okay, not all men, but but you know, you know what I'm trying to say, yeah. Do you try to really Yeah, I get what you're trying to say. Because I know you might turn around and say, Well, I don't talk to those kind of men, but <laughs> we, you know, we could, we can't all be friends with people exactly like us. But my question is just, what what would you do, or do you try to encourage men to really champion women issues like yourself? So, so as as much as I can, I try to encourage guys to do that. But there is no better person to you know plead your case than yourself. Yeah. And what I would say is that. So let me use my experience from secondary school. Yeah. So growing up, secondary school, when a lady is menstruating, you find them trying to hide that fact. You find them trying not to discuss it even amongst themselves, particularly even with other guys. Yeah. So a lot of guys 
pass through their young life up to when they are getting married, you know, not understanding that the menstrual cycle is actually the only reason why we are all alive. If you remove the menstrual cycle, there's no way you can give birth to children. Yeah. You know? I, so yeah. 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 So women 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 don't do enough to let guys understand that this is not something to be ashamed of. A lot of women look at it as something that they should be ashamed of, but it's not something to be ashamed of. It's something that you you have to carry, you know, is a is something if you ask me, a badge you wear with pride. And yeah. as long as women don't wear it with pride, men are going to not understand what it is like. So yes, I can I can try in my own little way, but I think more women should talk about. Well, trust me, it's good coming from the horses' mouth. <laughs> but I can imagine, you know, you think about Nigerian guys or just even guys in general, like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> You're inviting me to a period to to some kind of a a, a platform to discuss women's period. Are you kidding me? What is wrong with you? You know. You you, you you know you know why you know why I say women should should do more. Yeah, it's simply because if you look at your average guy, and I believe you have a very matured audience, your average guy once the lady is menstruating, they feel okay, it's the no sex period, and then they just move on and you know find other activities. But the truth of the matter is, if you are my guy, you should really be interested in stuff like that as well because it's part of my total well-being a lot of a lot of guys for example don't know that women have mood swings during their period they don't well, they know they just don't realize that wrong because they don't know i i guarantee you they do not know <laughs> you assume they know they do not know they do not understand you don't get they don't understand how because it's your period you should get angry and snap at everything. Yeah. Do you get? I, I can't I can't explain it. I'm I not, I don't I don't bleed. So <laughs> but I know from talking to a lot of women. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you are a blessing and just having somebody to champion this is something. So maybe you need more women around you to to, to kind of help you push this message. But it's it's it's, it's so good. And I and I just Sorry, I just wanted to go back to that because that's even how I got to know you in the first place. Um, but yeah, um, so my last question is, um, if you had to give somebody um, a career advice or just talk to them about anything, just to advise them, give them a tip. So for me, I, you know, I sound like a broken record now, so I've said this so many times, but I always say that, you know, don't sell yourself short try your best not to sell yourself short you know always try to mm. aim for the best for yourself so if you had to give somebody that kind of advice what would it be so what i would advise anybody is so i was i was thinking about it today while watching the godfather that you need to start from a very early age you need to start early you need to start your journey early and you should not be afraid. One of the biggest problems that I think people experience is when they have a thought, when they have an idea, they start thinking, what if it fails? What if I don't succeed? You know, they think of all the negative things humanly possible to think about. 
But what I would advise you to do is to think more of, oh, what happens when it succeeds? Because when it succeeds, you're going to find out that there is a whole lot more you can do. The world is a better place today because some people decided to take risk. So take the risk early in your life. There is a guy who's doing awesomely well in Nigeria right now. Let me just give him a shout out. Uh, he is the founder of Utiva, U-T-I-V-A. You can Google it. Utiva does data analytics trainings and all that in Nigeria. He's a young chap. I'm not sure if he's married. The reason why he's able to achieve a whole lot more is because now he's a young person. He does not have the family quote and unquote to think about you know so it started early i wish i started earlier so what i'll tell anybody career wise if you have a vision if you have a dream if you have an idea just start don't be afraid do it afraid even you know you don't know what would happen out of that move and one thing i'll tell you is this the world would conspire to help you once you make a move but if you keep sitting down, you're trying to analyze everything, you think, okay, I need to cover all my business. You can't, you, you won't get it right at the first time. Don't be afraid to fail. Start. That's what our advice. Just start, you know. And once you start, like I said, the whole world will conspire to help you. Yeah. I'm using the word conspire and help. So, you know, it will, the whole world will conspire to help you and you will find yourself in a better position for it i would start i wish i started earlier actually yeah and to add to that yeah that's a really good advice actually because sometimes you don't feel you can start early because you think you need all this other stuff and you know you know even for me when i look at my career when i look at people that i've met in the past you know when you're at school when you see people that they don't look serious and maybe they're not in school with you or they're doing something else and then you realize right now they have good companies that they've built. You know, all that time when you were at school. It's in rare occasions mm-hmm. that you see this. But I'm just saying, like, the ones that did not do anything with their lives and they were just focusing on their dream. By the time we graduated and we got a first graduate job and blah, 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 all that stuff that we done, they've also graduated in having a successful brand or a successful business. But of course, the ones mm-hmm. that didn't want to do anything, they stood there at the back, you know doing whatever they're doing but it's a really key point they just start and i i guess what you mean is a start it doesn't have to be of course you can't turn back the, the hands of time but yeah today you have an idea rather than say oh when i'm 35 when i'm 40 when i'm this just start today start it today yes just start yeah and i think you're the best person to say that because you two weeks ago you didn't even have a, a platform that had raised yes um, i just started you just started so i think you you're you know that's a good tip okay well you know that's about it that was you know really good thank you so much for um coming in thank you for having me actually before we go do you have anything else you wanted to say no you know i think we've really done a lot tonight yeah We've um, spoken about so many things and all that. Uh, I'll probably just say that um, uh, I'm looking forward to the next phase. The world, particularly, you know, when I mentioned Nigeria and I mentioned that some of the things you guys take for granted is not yeah. realities here. For example, internet over there in the UK is like the air you breathe. You know, I was in New York and while in New York, I had 
I didn't need to pay for a subscription because there was free Wi-Fi all over the city. You know, as you're leaving one free Wi-Fi, you're seeing another free Wi-Fi, you're seeing another free Wi-Fi, you know. And it, it was refreshing because in Nigeria, Wi-Fi, uh, you got something coming. So I'm looking forward to the next phase because right now, see us having a Zoom meeting. We've never met physically, yeah. but we've had several conversations. Technology has enabled yeah. that, you know. So we buy stuff from China, we buy stuff from the UK, they deliver to Nigeria. So a lot of those things are going to be happening to us right now. Everybody sees the need for more data. So if government had data of everybody and everybody had a bank account, it would have been easier to send checks, like you mentioned, to people during this COVID era. But because, of course, there's no proper, proper database, everybody realizes now that it's extremely important for us to start doing things differently. Yeah. You know, so I'm looking forward to life. So, you know, the same way that we are in 2020 AD, we are going to start counting 01 AC after COVID. <laughs> like my president said, I said COVID on purpose. You know, my president said COVID 19. It's very important to go and wear a mark. I think it means mask. <laughs> For listening to Deborah's Corporate Heart Talk, you can visit my website at www.debra.tech. Follow me on all social media platforms at Deborah's Heart Talk. And to get involved in all the conversations, please hashtag Deborah's Heart Talk. And remember that keep going, and your big break is around the corner. Until next time, bye bye.